0: two Nathan and Devin uh talked a lot last time about socialism versus capitalism and the role of government in people's lives and um, decentralization versus centralization and there a lot of those themes will show up again today uh because the podcast that we wanted to go over is uh Robert Breedlove from the what is money show one of his recent podcasts um he was actually being interviewed if I'm referencing the right episode, right? was being interviewed for a different podcast, but that's nice because it um, forces Robert to zoom out a little bit and talk about some of the more fundamentals instead of him having a guest on his show and going deep into a very specific topic and wanted to introduce Devin to the What Is Money show in general and Robert Breedlove um, because I think some of the best ways to understand economics and socialism versus capitalism and Bitcoin and all that together is to strip away all the layers and go back to first principles and really think about what is money? What was money in the past? What Mm. is money now? What makes a good money or a better money or a worse money? And what issues, how much of what we're struggling with right now can we attribute to how our money works right now? yeah yeah
1: I mean, so it, to me it it opened up so many questions and opened up my eyes uh, to so many um things that it really is like there's a wall that's been put placed over our eyes in society to have this um institutional trust uh and, and we don't really. Have any control and or freedom within that, and and it's almost like we're just kind of stuck in it. Um, and Bitcoin gave us this out, uh, this ability to, if we wanted to get out. One of the biggest things that I raised a question about last last uh, podcast was the healthcare. How does healthcare work in all of the system? And he briefly got into that, um, and and it totally opened my eyes. Like, wow, this is something that could actually work. Um, and it was a. It was a um combined people would put in their money or in their Bitcoin onto a combined pot that helps the collective um take care of healthcare. And is there is a private entity choosing private people choosing to take part in this? Um and so to me that that answered a lot of questions of why this would work better than capitalism so or traditional, not traditional capitalism but capitalism what it's become in socialism and um, that this the the libertarian uh true libertarian ideal of, of freedom and liberty could work without the so much necessity uh in, in a government uh overarching um just taking over all of the institutions and, and making them theirs uh and he really pointed out some some problems that money uh, really causes within society and how people that are at the highest PowerPoint can really take control over those who are at, at this lower level um, just because money doesn't have a finite uh, point. There's no finite amount of money that they can print. And because of that, um, they can really adjust inflation and steal from you as much as they need to. Uh, and I didn't even really realize that all of that was going on. And that, so that was super eye opening for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, there, yeah. A lot to comment on there, but like, I don't know, going in reverse, um, how the people, the further up the hierarchy, have access to the money first. And then you, the peasants, eventually get it later. You know, he calls it the Cantalon effect. Mm-hmm. And yeah, unless you, have a deeper understanding of how the financial system works. You don't even realize that there is an advantage. You just think that, I don't know, the federal reserve issues dollars and it shows up um, at institutional banks. And then they have it to loan to you, you know, like there's, it's not that big a deal, but at every single layer, if there's a, a you made a great point in a podcast, not on that episode, but it's super related um, it's like if we, fundamentally agreed that central planning is wrong, or at least inferior to decentralized planning, you know, the foundation of socialism versus capitalism. Uh, If we agree that it's bad for healthcare or TVs or houses or um, agriculture that leads to the death of tens of millions of people in the Ukraine. um, Why do we accept central planning for money? It applies just as much, if not more to money than it does any other good or service. Um, so when things are centrally planned, not only are prices not tr- uh, true reflections of value or, or, or market data, you know, because yeah. value is subjective, um, but there's this huge corrupting element to it. Because why
1: wouldn't there be? There's no there's no like they can spend as much as they want uh because they they're the ones that decide how much they get to spend on it um and and so that you you'll see this all the time like we can think literally every government institution you see like government workers on the side of the street they'll take you know breaks to take as long as they want uh, on a road project even to into like if you go into the dmv they're not working you know at this high speed they don't have a really good institution set in place to be able to get things done extremely quickly because There's no competition that creates a necessity to excel. And since there's no necessity to excel, then why not just, it's wasted human energy. And and so if we're looking for creating a a better human space that we all can live in, you need to uh, diminish wasted energy to the as much as you possibly can. That's how you become an efficient person. But that's how we become an efficient collective. Uh, And and to me, it just pointed out that look at all of that wasted money. And by money, I don't necessarily mean like paper money. I I mean, like goods and services transfer. Look at all of that inner human energy that is wasted um, simply because
0: we leave it up to the government to do something that is not their job. Right. And what's, what's cool about, uh, trying to eliminate all this, all this waste, either in literal money or in human potential or goods or services or GDP. What's really good about that. It's not going to take this monumental effort to get rid of all that waste. It's just, all you have to do is introduce free market competition and it takes care of itself over time. There doesn't need to be this violent revolution. We don't need to burn buildings down. We don't need to write any laws. It takes care of itself. And and then
1: so that this will get into the second point. Um, the, he brought up the 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 problems with the fiat currencies that we currently use, and kind of how it's controlled ultimately, um, by the U.S. dollar and, and contracts. It, to me, it seems like the system is imploding. It's like it's almost like when it's your own your when it's your own money, you have borrowed so much money that you you can't possibly pay it back, and the illusion that you can it has almost completely dissipated. Um, Do you think that that has any effect on the U S versus the world and, and and how people are you viewing us as a power structure? Um, Because ultimately that could lead to the entire demise of, of America uh, and and break it down fully. If, if people stop trusting that our value is there Um, and it becomes less and less, the more, in debt we are and the more that we inflate ourselves um, and what are they really relying on us for? And when they realize that, how do they react like that? That's to me, it, it introduced a really dangerous thought um, that that scared me that this fiat currency systems, not only have we America sees it as a great thing because we've been able to take advantage of it for so long, but at what point does that flip? And, and that that is a very unstable concept and and should be very scary for people. And I think is subconsciously, and maybe that's why people so act so chaotically uh, now. And that's how he introduced the idea was like that, that this unstable future, um, the, the, because our money is so unstable in the future and we don't have a confidence in it, that it creates chaos at every level. Uh, And I thought that was, exactly what's happening that's how i view it it seems to be what's happening um i just didn't think of money being at the root of it
0: um but the way we have our system set up it does seem to be yeah i I think it's a really hard question to answer i've been thinking about it a lot you know how how quickly will it implode because i think uh the the faster it, it implodes without some kind of alternative infrastructure built out, like you know, say built say Bitcoin doesn't exist or isn't it is its in its infancy. I think that yeah, that's worth being afraid of. That doesn't morally justify the existing system no. at all, or or mean that we shouldn't look into alternatives. But I, don't I think know. it means we I should. Think, I think Bitcoin's gonna gain adoption and the infrastructure builds as trust erodes in the US dollar. And then hopefully it's this like peaceful kind of handoff over the next 10, 15, 20 years. Um, I mean, governments are gonna do everything they can to preserve the dollar and uh, shut down Bitcoin or create central bank digital currencies or things like that, but I've really, I can't imagine it's gonna be this overnight thing because even if the dollar doesn't, there's too too many stakeholders, there's too many people that wanna maintain the status quo, even if it's Japan or uh, Saudi Arabia or somebody else because the dollar is the world's reserve currency, even if we keep fucking with the rules, there's some inherent stability there because mm. it's in everybody that's powerful right now. It's in their best interest to make sure it doesn't implode. But would you say it's going in a more stable direction or unstable direction? Uh, I think, unsta- I mean, the dollar is more on a path towards instability or obsolescence. Yeah, so that, I that's yeah that to me that's the scary like if it's in a well, stable trajectory that but it has been for a long time we're just like I don't know more people are realizing it
1: yeah yeah maybe that that is probably the case is it just more people are aware of it um I fear that the the peaceful handoff won't be as peaceful as um it's already seems like there's so much attack on Bitcoin as this idea of like like they perpetrate this idea in, into the world that it's this fake substance that uh, doesn't exist and there's no substance behind it when when you really get down to the context of it it it's as contextually sound as you can make something uh, it, it's it has no origin it, or a no known origin so it can't be manipulated that he pointed that out as a, as a huge truth and it made me think like is the origin like so could another coin step in and be the same thing as bitcoin with a person that at at its head at its stable head because i fear that the the government's not going to allow all of their power to be dissipated in a peaceful
0: transfer right yeah i think i i think um A Bitcoin alternative, but with a human, a known human figure or a group of known human figures at the head. I think that fundamentally changes everything. Um, As long as those humans at the head have some ability or influence to change the rules, then I don't think it can compete with Bitcoin or there's a huge, there's some huge problem because the reason Bitcoin's so great is that there's nobody thumbing the scale anywhere. the The yeah. rules are unchangeable, and uh, if if people's perceptions of the currency are going to change, it's going to be in a decentralized way. There can't be an Elon Musk at the center of Twitter tweeting something good or bad or stupid or whatever, influencing Twitter's share price and how people think about the company. If yeah. if t- I think people would like Twitter a whole lot better, would have a lot better arguments. If it was, if you could run Twitter from a sub, a fixed set of rules, and put it on the blockchain, and there wasn't a polarizing Elon Musk type figure at its head, uh, that would be a much purer, decentralized Twitter. Um, Yeah, um, without a doubt, Bitcoin's biggest um, advantages.
1: Yeah. I, and I agree. There's definitely a humongous advantage. I just, m- my fear is that, that it's not going to be allowed. It, it's that like, for, I think for a peaceful transfer, like in any negotiation, something has to be given from, from each side. And uh, I think eventually people will realize that fiat currency is not the way to go. I, I think that is 100% correct. After listening to uh, the way he laid it out, it and you and showed the flaws that, that exist and they're getting larger, it's just a matter of time before they're so large that the trust in it um, is to zero. Um, and But I fear that the powers that be are not going to allow themselves out of that position. And, and you already kind of see this with like formulating companies like Coinbase, where they are essentially a bank of of coins, where they're not actually, uh, you don't actually own your coins, um, and, and they'll be able to charge you transfer fees and all of this, um, but they'll also be able to invest, you know, your own coins into other coins, mm-hmm. um, and then you still can then powerful people can still manipulate that dollar, Uh, so, so I'm already seeing some of that, like they're trying to, I don't know who's trying, but somebody's trying to instill some of that already um whereas i do think at its truest form that's how it needs to be uh put put into society i just fear that it
0: won't be what are your thoughts on that um i want to dive into like what you think the government will actually do okay. to keep to keep it illegal or to keep it suppressed but in ter- but before that we go into that there's a spectrum of um central centralized companies that hold crypto assets, um, uh, custodial centralized exchanges. Um, Obviously, FTX was on the leveraged, risky, no proof of reserves end of the spectrum, and they imploded. Um, It still blows my mind that something so big that all these crypto people out here didn't know that that was the case until it was too late. Like I'm you know, I felt personally super duped because I'm like, I'm following a bunch of smart people. Why didn't anybody tell me that Alameda Research and NFTX uh didn't it didn't have any kind of close approval of, of reserves and that their balance sheets looked insane and um th- all this money was there, and we were just trusting this very, very small group of people mm-hmm. to be able to return our money. And I had no idea that Solana was so Involved with Alameda Research and FTX, and that BlockFi was under them. And like, it was this web of like interconnectedness that made so much of it fall at once. Um, I, I don't understand. It's like the moon landing being fake. I don't understand how, it, it, you know, if it was, it's like finding out the moon landing was faked. It's like, how did so many people keep this? Under wraps for so long and how did nobody disprove this already? Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, Coinbase seems to be doing a lot like more, a better job. You know, they're a publicly traded company. They're playing along with all the regulations, which is like good for their own survival and bad for like crypto independence and uh, separation from fiat. But they're working really hard on a proof of reserves. They seem to be a, an exchange that is actually holding assets one-to-one and not just like taking them like a bank does and leveraging them or loaning them out to somebody else.
1: And so with, with FTX, you brought up a, a really interesting, I mean the that that was crazy what happened. Um, and it seemed to also extremely demoralize people against utilizing any type of coin. When they were um, already
0: in a bear market.
1: And it was already in a bear market. And when when in actuality, if if people understood it correctly, they would be able to logically understand why that happened. And it would show them really the light of why our banking system can do the exact same thing. Why why fiat currency that can happen it in the exact it same. It's already happening all across the world. And we just don't really get to see it face to face because we're at the top of the chain. Yeah. Um but but eventually that entire system is going to implode all the way to the top if we don't have a better, more stable solution, which Bitcoin 100% seems to provide. Mm-hmm. I just don't it's it's going to be like this this battle against the power of people to want that want to stay in power will they be able to transfer their power into bitcoin in a way that they feel is equal to what they have now because I don't I don't think that they're going to be willing to take a step down. And that's oh, what's So scary. so what? Where are they going to I, that that's the scary part to me. I just think that they they will they will push this idea that to Bitcoin to to the dirt. They're gonna keep dragging it to the dirt, and, and and so then we're gonna be left with nothing. I mean that's gonna cause an extremely chaotic situation if they if they if we have no trust in Bitcoin, which is a very trustable system, and then we can't trust what is going to implode, uh, what might implode if it does implode. Given enough time, will eventually implode um then where are we
0: left after that if they've already crushed the soul of bitcoin how are I, how are they going to do that i mean it would have to be it would have to be like lies and propaganda
1: and but they already have they're already doing that uh i would say right. like i would say that they're they're doing that every day they're they're lying and creating distrust in it constantly
0: um and I mean, but and- you don't but you don't believe that because you know a certain amount of and you don't even know a ton of Well, neither of us do we'll say know a ton about Bitcoin but we know enough to know that they're lying about it and we yeah. know enough about the fundamentals of money to know that Bitcoin is more than a reasonable replacement it's it's the best currency ever invented and we can go into why on like future episodes or, or whatever but it, the, the downfall of the dollar I think is directly, inversely proportional to the feasibility of something replacing it. So uh, if there was no cryptocurrencies or anything like that, everybody would have a lot more incentive to invest in the lie and keep pretending that the U S dollar is the best money and the only one that's ever going to exist. And uh, so we'll keep playing this game. We'll keep putting everything on the credit card uh, because we don't really have an option, but as people learn more about Bitcoin and the fundamentals of money uh, they've They'll feel less attached um, to the dollar. I mean, that's what happened to me uh, when I, uh, not believing in the dollar anymore, has a lot of parallels like to my childhood when I like stopped believing in God or started questioning it. It's like, what yeah. do you mean there is? A, you know, it's such a fun. It's like gravity. It's a fundamental principle that uh, the U.S. Try. dollar is the world's reserve currency, and that there can't be another money. And how could how could money even exist outside of something issued by the government? That it's got the president's faces on it. That's what money is. Um, and so just spend more time thinking about what money really is and what the alternatives really are. And then you're the uh, sooner eventually you'll have a emperor has no clothes moment. And yeah,
1: and it can and be, so be like, beautiful.
0: we'll be just fine on Bitcoin. It works. Oh, it
1: could be so beautiful. Uh, it, Bitcoin is start for one. It it start, it creates this continual incentive um, for, for great things to happen because the value doesn't so instead right now they can super incentivize for the now but there's no respect for the future so with with the current fiat currency time um, preference yeah time preference um whereas with the he he went into good detail so if you want more detail go listen to to that um podcast uh, on what time preference is but um but but what it creates here when what Bitcoin creates is that that value you know is because it's at a cap point, you know that that value is going to stay the same over time, and and so it allows people to create and go into longer projects because they know that their idea, ideas can be stable, and, and that if they create this great thing, that it's going to it's going to pay off for someone in the future. Right. Whereas, whereas now it's so important to get your money while you can because we don't know how much value is is, is it, it's going to be tomorrow. We don't know how much value it's going to be in 10 years. Um, And and even that could be up or down, but it's so unstable because the value is not an actual value. There's nothing that it's based off of other than contracts and debt at this point Um, that I think that creates uh, the chaos that he was talking about within our culture. And I would love I would love to see an experiment where a society ran solely on Bitcoin and just see what would happen, um, because I, I and I think are there any countries now that are using Bitcoin solely as their not,
0: uh, uh, not solely El Salvador. Um, it's nationally recognized as a, a legal currency or something, and there are like a Bitcoin experiments going on there. But it didn't, uh, to my knowledge, it didn't replace the El Salvadoran national currency, and it's not the only one allowed or anything like that. Which I think of it, making it the only one that's allowed is totally counterproductive. You can't claim to be free market and the best currency wins, and then outlaw every other currency besides Bitcoin. So yeah, that it.
1: But see, here's what's going to be interesting. So if other countries where their dollar may be depreciating, if they realize that they can can get on to Bitcoin, and that value, the value of their money is going to increase over time if well, bitcoin, as bitcoin if bitcoin starts to increase over time um if it if people start trusting it then these lower end countries that are are that as their dollar depreciates they're going to almost automatically transfer in to that Bit- bitcoin life at yeah if they can gain the knowledge of it if they can well, end to
0: be of it and an important point, you mentioned this in the multi-generational low time preference um, point you made earlier, uh, Bitcoin's value over time isn't inherently going to go up. I mean, it's very likely to, I think. Um, or, uh, and it's true that with any currency, if a bunch of people started p- placing more trust in it, that the value of it would go up. So it's not about that. It's just that written into the rules of Bitcoin and no one can change it is that uh, you, the guarantee that you do get is that your va- the value of the Bitcoin that you do have is not going to be eroded through printing or through inflation. That's, that's the guarantee that you have is that there's a hard cap of 21 million, which uh, should instill a ton of trust and should make the price go up over time because the supply of Bitcoin is only going to go down over time with mm-hmm. people dying with cold wallets and nobody has access to their money with... Uh, um, Bitcoin getting sent to getting burned by sending it to debt address addresses. Um, it's a, it's a slowly deflationary currency, and that just means that the value of Bitcoin, given the same or more usage, it should go up in value over time. And well, and fair. the
1: supply the supply of goods. So as we get better at doing things, the uh, as people get better at the transfer of goods and services, um, and. Well, at least it incentivizes that to happen. And I, and if that happens, if people get better at doing things, then the value of that, because the supply stays the same, the value of that goes up. So we each will get a share of this great pot of of good things. Whereas with fiat currency, you you see a lot more of the top getting to hold this 99% of the money. And, and I think that's still a possibility um, with Bitcoin, but it goes down the, the possibility of it, the probability of it goes down drastically um, because I think it incentivizes people to work in a way that they know that they can build up uh, uh, an appreciable value for their families in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the dollar right now, there's so much distrust. And when you're more scared, which people at the, the lower you get on the hierarchy scale, the more fear you have, um, it causes you to make Irrational decisions because you don't have any stability. I think when you have the stability of a Bitcoin, I think even the people at the bottom will make more stable decisions. Yeah. Uh, And that should allow for the wage gap that people really worry about to stabilize as well. Um, But I don't know that for a fact, but that's how I view uh, that that is a possibility.
0: I mean, I I haven't heard uh, an, an argument against exactly that happening. I think uh, Bitcoin becoming the dominant currency destroys the on effect. You know, the, the powerful and the wealthy um, no longer have privileged access to currency. And so the rules are fair, which doesn't mean that they're equitable, but it means that the same rules apply to everybody. And slowly over time, there will always be rich people and poor people, but the using using your access to the current central bank or fiat system will no longer provide a uh, financial advantage. There will still be bribes, you know, people uh, crony capitalism right. or something. If the government continues to exist as it is, you'll still be able to get favorable deals. It'll just pay out in Bitcoin instead of dollars. And so there will still be um, corruption, but that has nothing to do with Bitcoin or central banking. That's just, right. that's just um, political yeah. corruption. That'll happen in any currency. Yeah. There's, There's going to no be points against Bitcoin.
1: Yeah there's going to be yeah there's going to be corruption no matter uh, how you people in, innately have are, are corrupt some people are corrupt um and so some people will corrupt any system um but this one doesn't incentivize it whereas the fiat currency that we have in America I mean just to, from the little financial knowledge that I know of I know that if you're a large major institution you have the ability to invest in corporate bonds that Um, nobody else or uh, that nobody else as a regular person can inherently go after or buy or purchase. Right, And they say it's because like, we don't want to take on the risk, but really they're low risk, high reward, uh, um, variable, um, stock market options and bonds that they can purchase and that we can't. And so that's just one example of a uh, institutional corruption that exists for the very wealthy, but also um, politicians, their ability to get manipulated and, and to use that in the stock market. I don't think that that happens with Bitcoin um, or, or shouldn't happen as much with Bitcoin because uh, it's destabilized to a point where people aren't purchasing stocks in each company, I think that they would then um, have to have it, have its true value um, in order to exist at all as a company. Uh, I do worry about, can you build something from the bottom? Um, Cause right now there's a lot of value that, 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 you know, this idea can have a lot of value there's enough investors. And so it's worth a certain amount of money and they can keep borrowing off of that. When you don't have that, what happens then? So like, does the speed of production slow
0: down with this idea of transferring to Bitcoin? Uh, I don't think so. I'm curious if you had a specific example in mind. So I just mean it- my my thought is like so right
1: now, uh, investors will invest in companies and they can take out these large loans. Um, and from banks and from, but also from, you know, private investors. But then when they get enough money from private investors, banks are incentivized to give them these larger um, loans yeah. to, to, you know, create their company. Um, with Bitcoin, you, the money would have to be there, like would have to truly be there. It wouldn't have, it couldn't be a promissory yep. note in the future. Um, so as I believe that's a better and purer system, I also know that it's almost inevitable that it will slow production, but it can, it'll create correct production. So like, yeah. instead of uh, uns- uh, like unstable, like all these companies coming up with these crazy ideas and a bunch of them failing, I think you would find more successful companies right. that work um, instead of let's throw as many things against the wall and see which one sticks. Right. Uh, but but, but- Overall
0: production, I wonder if it would slow. Um, overall, you're right. It, um, it would, there would be, it just, you get a better risk calculation at the beginning. <laughs> and yeah. it, even if that means, um, you know, that some ideas don't get, uh, some ideas don't get alone. Uh, to go into production and make them uh, the the flip side of that is you don't get the boom and bust cycle anymore. That's one yeah. of, I mean, that's a whole podcast on itself, but this uh, I wanted to cover the list of assumptions that we have to get people to overcome before they accept Bitcoin. But one of them is that this boom and bust cycle is not inherent to capitalism. It's not yeah. inherent to this century. It's not inherent to anything, but the central planning okay of currency. Um, and so even though people, those risky bets that are taken by corrupt high up people, because the consequences aren't faced by them or not faced by them for a long time, or there's a possibility of a bailout. So yeah, some of those risky bets don't get taken, but they were bad bets anyway, Mm -hmm. even if there are false positives, somebody's got a great idea and you don't take, you don't take them up on that idea and you know, back them because, the consequences of you fucking up are are more serious. The trade-off to those few instances where that's a negative thing, right? Where Mm -hmm. um, the current system accidentally ends up favoring us for the good. Um, For every one of those examples, I think you get a million positives that come from there not being a bust in the following uh, economic cycle, because 2008 was just an accumulation of a bunch of bad bets made over the last at least seven years since the dot-com bubble but you, you even longer than that um, but there's no buildup of bad bets over and over time everybody's pretending pretending and then it all crashes you get immediate, that, you get immediate that localized market. feedback yeah exactly you're seeing so, that in
1: the housing market to perfection right to exactly how you laid it out is right now there's a bunch of you know bets on like well one you know there a lot of people are buying up all of these properties, buying all of these homes, because they can quickly um, make a lot of money off of it because the housing market was increasing so quickly. Um, at, at some point though, the that good bet becomes a bad bet. Uh, and then the whole thing comes crashing down. It's what happened in 2008 and it's what's going to happen again, more than likely here in the next couple of years is you're going to see those, all of these ideas that these this housing market is going to keep going up a bit eventually stabilize it as a country and as a society. We don't have enough money to pay the mortgages. And then it all comes crashing down slowly. Uh, and so I I think that that in itself would not happen with Bitcoin as the stable currency. The value wouldn't be go up because they couldn't promise money that didn't exist. Um, and, and that's or they really di- or what they didn't
0: have. Or, yeah. Or they didn't, they, I, the bailout option, imagine how corrupted your own personal decisions would be. If you just had a few high up friends that if you, uh, did puppy dog eyes to them after you made a bunch of bad bets and they went poorly, if knowing that you could get a bunch of money from them and it would make you okay, how it's like having rich parents that'll pay your rent. If you don't make enough sales this month, it's imagine it's how good. corrupting your calculation of risk is just completely different. But when there truly is no safety net, we get we get accurate risk assessments from people lo- lending money. And that doesn't mean that people won't lend money because there'll be a, a lot of opportunities for money to be made. It'll just be a pure risk, a true risk-based
1: mm-hmm.
0: lending system. That might mean interest rates are higher or lower or whatever. The market dictates what the interest rates are, not the Federal Reserve and the central bank.
1: Yeah, uh, and 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 it, it may cause. I mean, it it's definitely been helpful to America to have the to be the top of the food chain, um, yeah. as far as uh, for a currency. Um, but I think he he spoke to something where he said sometimes you you have to do um, what's right now. What's right for now for you might not get to ever get ever ever get to see the benefits of it but your future generations will um i i think even if it did cause our economy to slow down a little bit the amount of benefit it would have in the long run far far outweighs the small possible negative effect that it could have in the next you know 20-25 20 25 years
0: I am not even um, convinced that that would exist there's so much bureaucratic waste yeah in the middle uh, it's there's a Western Union in the middle of every single transaction right now because of central banking yeah and I think so much would get f- administrative bloat would get freed up I, I it would compensate I for any short free. to midterm consequences and like it's it's a non-falsifiable claim you know we have to see how it actually plays out but I don't think we have to live poor and in the uh, shitty economy for the next generation in order to create big, beautiful cathedrals, literally yeah. metaphorically in the future for future generations.
1: I totally forgot about the, the waste yeah. factor in that equation because that, that inevitably oh, how that's much, how we started this, uh, how much
0: economic I, opportunities destroyed for innocent people because of the boom and bust cycle, all kinds yeah. of people would have been starting businesses or taking loans or uh, the, you know, um, during a bus cycle that how many amazing companies could have sprouted out of these years, but they couldn't take those advantages. They couldn't take advantage of, um, it, the market was too shitty for them to launch yeah, this they business. Died. They
1: died through a dying market and, yeah. and, and those ideas
0: would have no had fault a of their own.
1: Yeah. Literally no fault of their own. And it's like, you're, there's literally, I mean, people, they say this now, uh, anytime you're starting a business, you know, get the money while you can and then get out. I mean, like, that's how people think about creating a business as an entrepreneur. Like, they, they think about, I'm trying to maximize this value as fast as I can, and then I'm trying to get out of here. Uh, and, and instead, if you have a Bitcoin, this money is going to be worth what it says it's worth, and it's probably going to increase over time almost inevitably. Um, you, your trust in that allows you to, instead of thinking, I'm going to get in and get out, I'm going to build something great. Right. And when was the last time that we had a culture that was idealizing building something
0: great? It, it just doesn't exist very much anymore. because It's been survival ever since we, ever since we went off the gold standard, it's just been about survival, about maintaining Um, and maybe this is a good transition into the last few minutes here. This is going to be a shorter episode, but definitely a two, three parter, 10 parter, whatever it is. Um, uh, Robert Breedlove did like, I don't know, 23 parts with Michael Saylor, which is maybe the next recommendation. Um, but the list of assumptions that people have to slowly overcome, uh, uh, one of them being that, um, I forgot how my last point tied into the first thing assumption that people have to overcome, but the one of the first ones is that inflation isn't inherent. We've been taught all of our lives, like the goddamn food pyramid, which was a total lie that a certain amount of inflation is healthy and normal when that's completely untrue. Why would that be true? It's like nobody ever really took the time to question it. And then if you, when you do start questioning, you're like, wait, the this is just a convenient lie for people to prop up the, the central bank and the Federal Reserve and central planning of our currency. It doesn't make any sense that money would be – if we're getting more and more efficient at creating goods and services every year, they should cost less and less over time. It should be naturally yeah. deflationary, if anything. So we got to – don't let – we can't <laughs> let people anymore just state that as if it's a fact, this Keynesian bullshit, um, which uh, – Keynes and Keynesian economics only has gotten so far because it came up with a theory that was like good enough if you didn't know enough about how money and the economy worked. And it also fit the narrative of the the giant government empire that's trying to preserve and grow its power. And if you come up with a system that the, the, the monopoly uh, really likes, they're going to do everything they can to promote your ideas and put you in positions of power. And that's just going to spread down. Um, and that's what we see, but that doesn't now. mean it's. but that doesn't mean it's any more true. So that's too long on inflation, but, um, yeah, so inflation is not inherent. Um, another assumption is the, the government doesn't, a fundamental role of the government has nowhere on that list. However long or short you think what the government's supposed to do in people's lives is currency isn't on that list definitely not. it's just something we've grown up with for our entire lives so we think that's the only way that it has to happen Why but cur- would we currency them? currency is just the m- most easily transferable good and why should and there's no good out there in the free market that has to come from the government so why should currency
1: yeah why would you let so if you take this back to primordial primordial terms it's so like if we were in this hunter-gatherer society and we all brought Um, This person brought berries and this person um, brought, uh, you know, a cow meat. Would you let another, uh, this one person to be the entity that decides uh, exactly who gets to trade, how much of what, or would you just allow Mm -hmm. them to trade fairly amongst themselves and decide how they want to trade? And and I think that we have let this one ruler king, however many people that exist in it, decide. How much our money is worth? How much is it, how much value it has, um, which really depreciates the goods and services transfer that we would have naturally had without that entity being added in. Right, uh, and I think that, I, and and the more you think about it, the more you talk about it, uh, just the more true that that seems to come to be. Like that, the we need to be free of oppression in order to make the right decisions and to to do the best that humanity can do as a whole. I the the less oppression you have from a governmental standpoint, the more energy that you have to do good and to do uh, well amongst yourselves and make good decisions and see good experiments and in every facet uh, make a better product.
0: Yeah. And I think early on, I was, uh, you know, it's, it's big and scary and risky to transfer from U.S. dollars to Bitcoin as a currency. There's, there's going to be all these like unstable things that arise out of it or, or downsides. Um, but I think that is all overblown. Like really sit down to think about it. If really, yeah. uh, Besides a big red button scenario, I really think that transfer won't affect the average person's life. It'll affect the politicians and the, the the elites negatively because their infrastructure for um, continuing to grow power and wealth kind of uh, implodes. But for the average person, it doesn't change your life at all. You're like the, the card that you swipe is just goes is a Bitcoin account instead of a Chase account, and your paycheck comes to you in Sats and Bitcoin instead of in U.S. dollar. It doesn't affect your life, and that's where I see the slow rise in Bitcoin. It's just more and more buyers and sellers are going to be able to pay in and accept bitcoin and it just it slowly tips over time just and then 10 15 years from now people will be like uh dollars i don't no i don't you know i don't i don't want that or the, tra- the 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 transaction fees from credit card companies you know 1 2 3% like merchants will stop like no we don't want that we want to capture that 1 2 3% so we're going to do lightning network payments only um because it's cheaper than 1 2 3% and so people Eventually, people stop accepting U.S. dollars after they've proven that they can regularly accept Bitcoin payments, and it's just one little decentralized decision at a time that gets us to a better currency.
1: And I, I see it playing out. It's see, it's kind of playing out now, and so uh, I, I think uh, this is a this is a good resting spot until our, our next uh, episode, um, where we can kind of go into more of those uh, things that people need to um kind of release uh before they can open their minds to a new idea um and and it's not really um you know we're not ever saying that you have to think a certain way um but it's always good to test your own theories and test your own ideas um and that's how we improve and that's how we become better as as people and as a society is to to question um what is right constantly um, in every facet. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we do that a couple more times. <laughs> yeah.
0: No matter, no matter how good an idea is, sometimes you have to hear it 50 or hundred times, especially if it's feels like a really big idea, a fundamental change in what you've believed. Um, sometimes you got to hear it 50 or hundred times. So hopefully this is one or a few of those times. And it took me that many times and I'm, you know, still trying to form everything from political ideas to financial ideas. And and so this is just the winning argument right now. And it seems to be a really strong one. So eventually we'll get some dissenting opinions in here. It's just kind of us agreeing with each other and learning together, but um, establishing some of these fundamentals and thinking through these ideas now is still useful. I think you took so many, there's so many notes and points that you took down that we didn't even get to. So we can just pick those up on um, part two of this Robert Breedlove, what is money type discussion. Um, We didn't even get into the fundamentals of money or tell anybody how Bitcoin works. So um, there's a lot to get to, but we got to call it today, shorter episode, but hopefully on maybe next Friday. Should we Go uh, from there. Version three. Cool. Sounds good, man. Hope you have a great weekend. You too, man. See ya. See ya.